Would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58? Just believe the Lord's put a few thoughts in my heart this morning to share uh, with you. Isaiah chapter 58, we're going to read from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 58, and we're going to read from verse 1. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Father, we give you thanks this morning for, Lord, your precious word. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would breathe, Lord, upon the pages, that you would speak with that voice as we've sung, that voice that wakes the dead. Oh, Father, we're praying that you would disturb the sleep of death. Oh, God, this morning, Lord, we're crying, Lord, for a breath from heaven to come, Lord. Lord, we're praying this morning, oh, God, for an awakening, Lord. Lord, a spiritual awakening in these days, Lord. Oh, God, we're asking this morning, Lord, would you give us ears to hear? Lord, would you stir our hearts afresh, oh, God? Father, we're praying again, Lord, for this nation this morning, Lord, for this land. Oh, God, we're asking, Lord, for a breath from heaven. Lord, we pray today there would be a deep cry in this place, Lord, a deep cry in the hearts of your people, oh, God. Lord, as we would awaken, Lord, to the very hour in which we're living, oh, God, we pray, Lord, would you anoint us both, Lord, to speak and to hear your word today. Lord, that your name would be glorified and lifted up in this house, O oh God. Oh, Father, we're asking, Lord, for the showers from heaven. Lord, we're asking, Lord, for that fire to fall, O oh God. Lord, we're praying, Lord, for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lord, even in these final moments of time. Oh, Father, we just pray, Lord. Lord, would you shut us in with yourself this morning. Lord, would you speak with that voice that wakes the dead and make thy people hear. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 58. Just that verse first in Isaiah 58 says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Just read that verse again. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. I just want to share for a few moments a voice, a voice at the midnight hour, a voice at the midnight hour. There are many things that we think we might need, but I do pray that in these last days that God Again, we give to his church a voice, just a voice to speak unto the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that God would grant unto his people individually and corporately. God, give us a voice in these days. Lord, wherever that may be, in our workplace, Lord, oh God, give us a voice. Give us a word to speak to a world that are in despair, confused, flooded with fear, not knowing where to turn. But Lord, you have your people everywhere. You have your children in every walk of life. But Lord, would you give us a voice to speak life into this desperate world. Oh God, we pray wherever that may be, on the streets of Balnehinch, on the streets of Lisburn, on the streets of Belfast, on the streets of Kilkeel. Oh God, we're asking, Lord, Lord, give us a voice to speak 
into this desperate time of which we're come. Give us a voice in the schools. Give us a voice in the workplace. Give us a voice in the home. But, oh God, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, give us a voice that wakes the dead. A voice, a voice that wakens the dead. A voice that causes the slumber and the sleep. A word in season. A word of hope. A word that brings an answer to a lost and a confused world, not knowing where to turn or who to turn to. But we do have an answer, and that answer is Jesus. But God, forgive us that we have lost our voice. We have lost our voice through unbelief and compromise and sin and turning away from you. We have lost the credibility and the integrity in order to speak a word in season, how this world needs to hear that voice again. It needs to hear a voice from heaven. It needs to hear the shepherd's voice. How will they hear if there is no preacher? That preacher isn't just the man that stands behind this wooden pulpit, but every one of us that are named by the name of Jesus Christ this morning have a responsibility in these final moments of time to speak that word in season, to bring that life, that word of life, to a world that are confused and broken. What a day we have come to. What an hour we are living in, saints, isn't it? Isn't it such an awesome hour that we've come to? And surely the Lord has been preparing His people over many years, prophetically speaking into our lives, prophetically bringing the utterance to the church of Jesus Christ, prophetically speaking of the days that are coming, that we must be alive, we must be awakened, we must be awakened to righteousness, for Jesus is coming, and He's coming very soon. And so we know there's a great slumber. We know there's a great sleep. We know there's a great falling away. We know the Antichrist world is rising. We know that these pandemics and all these things that will... These, this is not going to be the only one, by the way. This is not going to be the... This is only the beginning of what's going to happen. But brothers and sisters, it's in this day that our lights must shine and there must be a voice have you lost your voice that speaks? Have you lost your voice that speaks into a world that brings the hope of the gospel? The only answer and the only hope for this world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only hope is the cross of Jesus. The only hope is to be born again and born of the Spirit of God and washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. You'll find throughout Scripture that God has never left Himself without a witness, ever. God never leaves Himself without a voice. Someone that will speak for God, not just speak words, not just preach sermons, not just give ideas, but they would speak the Word of the Lord under the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost. How we need a voice to be raised up in these days, a voice that speaks the word of the Lord, that speaks in the lives, that speaks in the families, that speaks into this nation, that turns this nation again from backsliddenness and brokenness onto the God that loves her. How we need a voice 
to be raised up, to preach repentance, to preach heaven, to preach hell, and to preach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How we need a voice that declares the way of the Lord. But we agree together that largely it seems to be that that voice has been lost. It's been lost through sin. It's been lost through compromise. It's been lost through unbelief. It's been lost in these days when there are many voices, when there are many things that are being said. But over that voice, that voice that comes from the throne of God, we find throughout the whole of Scripture that God would raise up men, raise up a people, that bring that word of the Lord in season. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I plead with you this morning, we need a fresh anointing upon our lives. How we need, as led shared this morning, but how we need, oh God, would you visit us again with an anointing? You know, we need the anointing to speak that word. We cannot speak it of ourselves. We cannot speak it just in our intellect. How we need the anointing to bring the word of the Lord into this world that's broken. God would speak often through his people to bring the clarity and to bring the voice and the word of the Lord. This is the way you walk in this. And how we need to hear that voice even in the church of Jesus Christ. We find, if you go back over into Exodus and chapter 3, if you turn over this morning, I want to show you this morning the importance for us to have the anointing. We read here of this great story again. We looked at it on a Friday night, but this wonderful story of Moses and that great meeting at the backside of the desert. But God had a purpose in that hour, that purpose was to bring a mighty deliverance to his people. You remember that God's purpose was to loose a people from the powers of Pharaoh and the oppression of the enemy. But Moses and himself, after 40 years in that wilderness, and himself did not believe that he had the ability in order to go in and to speak to Pharaoh. You remember the story at that encounter at the burning bush. He seemed to have lost his voice. He was once a man that was eloquent, that was well learned in all the things of the Egyptians. But that wilderness period, listen to me church, that, that wilderness time, that time of that wilderness in himself, he felt that he had no ability to be able to speak with that voice again. He's standing on a burning bush. God's speaking to him through that, that bush that did not burn up. He had an encounter with the living God, Almighty God, burning in that bush. He met with Moses, but Moses in himself did not believe that he had a voice any longer to speak. You see, the wilderness, the wilderness, the wilderness, the dry time, the dry season, the period that we go through, that we lose that sense of what God has purposed us and called us to be, Moses stands there and says, Lord, I'm not able to speak any longer. But God still wanted to speak regardless of what Moses thought. God still had the purpose in that man's life regardless of what the wilderness had done to him. But he needed to meet with the Lord. If you look at Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10, we're going to, or verse 4, sorry, and verse 10. This is the equipment of Moses. 
It says in verse 10, And Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Who makes a man's mouth? It's all the Lord. As Moses stands and says to him, Lord, I'm not able. I don't have the ability or the speech any longer to speak. I've lost my voice. That's what he's saying. I've lost my voice. You know, brothers and sisters, I believe the church has lost its voice. It's lost its ability to speak into this world, the, the, the word of the Lord in season, with all the compromise and the backsliddenness and all the falls. Brothers and sisters, the wilderness has had a profound effect. But, oh, God is about to give the church its voice again because we're at the midnight hour. Now, therefore, go, the Lord says, and I will be with thy mouth. God is going to be our mouth. I'm going to be with your mouth and teach thee what you shall say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the Lord was angry, and the anger of the Lord kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And I shall speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. Now I want you to notice what's happening here because it's very important to see this. We see Moses in his own ability and his own strength with the mouth that he had. He did not believe that he had a voice any longer. We know that the greater picture, do you know there's a greater picture? There's a greater plan. It's, it's beyond coronavirus. You know there's a great plan that's unfolding. It's the, it's the unfolding of the ages. We are witnessing something so profound in these days. Brothers and sisters, it's beyond the virus that's spreading across the world. We're approaching the soon and the coming day of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is awesome. You know, this is the words that the Lord had spoken in Matthew chapter 24. And all these things would come to pass. It's greater than the viruses. It's greater than the earthquakes. It's greater than the wars and the nations rising up against each other. We are now approaching the soon and the coming day of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an awesome day. But oh God, we need a voice. And we see here that Moses is saying, Lord, I don't have the voice, but there was a great purpose beyond Moses. You see, Moses looked at that inability and the effect of the wilderness that it had upon him. Now, who comes at that time but Aaron? This is so important because if we're praying, and I believe we need to pray for that voice, that God would give his saints the voice in this world. We need to know that it's not in us. Do you understand that this morning? It's not in me. It's not in you. We don't have the natural ability to produce the voice that I'm talking about. We might have a voice that comes forth. 
We have a throat. We have a voice. We have our and we speak. But that's not the voice that I'm talking about. This is a voice that comes by the way of the Spirit of the living God. And so there's an inability that comes to Moses. The wilderness had a profound effect. You know, a wilderness, I can't stress it enough, but doesn't the wilderness have a great effect on us? The test and the trial, the barrenness, the dryness, the emptiness, the despair that goes into that wilderness. As you're walking through that barren land, it seems nearly at times you're on the brink that it's hopeless. But brothers and sisters, God's working. And he's going to give the voice back that's been lost. But it's not going to be in the the ability of man. It's going to be in the ability of the Holy Ghost. And so we see here, Aaron comes. Now you remember Aaron. Here he is, his brother. And God speaks and says, I will put the words, look at verse 15, in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and and will teach you what ye shall do. In other words, I'm going to give you Aaron. Now, what's important about Aaron? Well, just if you hold it there and turn over with me into the book of Psalms, and Psalm chapter 133, you're going to see just what I believe the Lord has shown us this morning. 133, remember in himself, he didn't have it, but God would give him an Aaron. And I'm going to tell you who Aaron is and who he represents and what he is to us this morning. The Bible says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I believe we're in unity this morning. I believe we're together in the name of Jesus. I believe we're here with one heart. We want to seek the Lord. We want to glorify Him. But this is what that's like. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard. What that voice and how that voice comes is by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Here Aaron is a type of the anointing. He's a type of the Holy Ghost. I'll give you Aaron. Thank God he's given us the Holy Spirit. Thank God it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And so when we see this anointing come upon the head, thank God that Jesus is the head this morning. And that anointing comes upon him and runs down the beard. But brothers and sisters, for this voice and this hour, do you know what we need? Do you know what every believer needs? Whether you think it or whether you don't, we need an anointing. We need the anointing that destroys the yoke. We may feel that we have lost the voice. We have lost the ability. There's no confidence in ourselves. Praise God, there's not. That's a good place to be. It seems as though it's all been lost, but thank God there's an iron, and that iron is the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost oil comes upon the head and flows down to the beard. And Aaron was going to be that mouthpiece for Moses. And God will anoint his people afresh to bring that word in season. You know, when we look at the Old and the New Testament, when we get that gap in between, when it finishes off with Malachi, it's called the intertestament period, that 400-year period. But that was a period of silence where God had no longer brought forth a revelation through the prophets. It ends with Malachi. But when we read Matthew chapter 3, what does it tell us? There's a voice 
of one crying in the wilderness. Here's a man, John, who was full of the Holy Ghost. And God anointed him even from his mother's womb. And how God touched that life. But when he came forth, he came forth with a voice. That's all God ever needed was a voice to speak forth the word of the Lord. And so as we are living in the last moments of time, we really are. Listen, friends, this morning, these events that are unfolding, we cannot be dictated to by what the world say. We can't be dictated to by the World Health Organization, by by the governments of this land who are absolutely bankrupt in what to do. It knows no borders. There's no great nuclear weapon that can fight against this virus. But I believe this morning in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe everything of what we say we are this morning is going to be put to practice. You hear me this morning? Everything of what we are is going to be put to practice. But God, give us a voice in this day. Give us the word of the Lord in season and how we need an anointing. Brothers and sisters, I believe the church is about to come out of her wilderness and is about to come forth with the voice of the Lord, with the word in season, and is about to come forth with a fresh anointing. How many need that anointing? How we lost our voice, but how we need the anointing of the Lord. Now, if you turn in to Matthew and chapter 25, I want to show you this morning, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus speaking of the last days, this cry, this voice at the midnight hour, particularly in a day of despair. If you turn over into Matthew chapter 25, it's very well known. And often we do, and rightly so, we focus on these ten virgins. Five were foolish and five were wise. And what separated them both was the fact that one group had oil and the other did not have oil. So Matthew chapter 25, here's what the Lord says. We'll read this together this morning. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. You remember this is all, the the context of this is the unexpected return of Jesus. The sudden return of Christ. That's the context of the parable. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took the oil with them, no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and they all slept. Now you see that, and you know that that's the day we're in. We know we're in a day where there's a great slumber and there's a great sleep. We're living in a day, brothers and sisters, there is a great slumber even amongst God's people. There's a great sleep that has come. Very hard to get people to be awakened to righteousness, to be awakened to the hour in which we're living, to be awakened to prayer, to be awakened to the great commission, to be awakened to the lost and a damn world, to be awakened that Christ is about to come. It's like the whole church is wanting to sleep and sleep on. It's like you cannot disturb it. You cannot awaken it. You cannot challenge it. You cannot do anything with it. They just want to slumber and sleep. 
You'll see there's two types of people here. There's ones that had oil in their lamps and ones without oil. Oh God, give us oil in our lamps and keep us burning. How we need the oil to keep us burning. But they're all sleeping. But I believe there's a third group of people here that weren't. The Bible doesn't explicitly say this, but I believe there's a third group of people that weren't sleeping. You see, in this, I believe this is an awakening that comes. An awakening that comes in the last moments of time of those that will be awakened to get saved and those that will be awakened and it's forever too late. If you look at it here, there's a great sleep. It tells us here at midnight there was a cry made. The Bible doesn't tell us who made the cry, but I believe that this cry comes. It's a prophetic cry. It's a cry that comes from within the church of Jesus Christ. It's men, it's women who have walked with the Lord and understand the signs and the times that we've come to. And they're bringing forth the warning that Jesus is coming. It's preachers that stand on platforms. It's preachers that stand on streets. But friends, it's just so many other people that love the Lord and are walking with Him, praying and seeing and understanding the season that we have come to. They're walking with Jesus and they're beginning to bring the warning that Jesus Christ is coming and He's coming soon. There's a sense in their hearts as they go about their business that Jesus is about to come back. They know in their heart according to God's Word. They understand the seasons and the times. But in their spirit they know that Jesus is about to come for His bride. And in that knowledge and revelation, do you know what happens? And I believe I'm looking at the people that have this. There's a rising up within them and there's a cry begins to come forth. The bridegroom's coming! Here we have a people that are asleep. They hear the word and they hear it proclaimed and they hear the gospel. They hear it week in and they hear it week out. You know what happens here with these people? You see the selfishness of some of them. You know, they just had the lamp. They just enjoyed doing what they did. It was all about them. And when they awoke, they were trying to get, you know, those shells are empty. I was in Asda last Tuesday. It was like, it was unbelievable. Every aisle was, was full. All the checkouts were opened. Everyone was panicking. Everything was cleaned off the shelves. Brothers and sisters, people are living in panic and fear. I have no problem if you buy an extra loaf or you go to the porters for supper tonight because they have extra. But, you know, you might have extra. I have no problem with that. But brothers and sisters, we know we're just about to come into a period of time or we're in a period of time where this world is beginning to awake. But some will awake and get oil in their lamps and some won't. And you look at the selfishness of them in the last moments. They begin to beg to have your oil. But you know what's happened to them? When the day was there, when they could have got oil, they never did. When they could have got saved, they rejected Jesus. When they could have got to an altar and cried out to God, they hardened their stubborn hearts and they rejected truth. And we'll look at this again. But God gives them over to a strong delusion. That's what happens. That's what the Bible says. He gives them over to a lying spirit that they do not receive the love of the truth and they begin to believe a lie. That's how serious it is. Here we see in these last moments there's a cry that comes. I believe 
brothers and sisters, that God has given his bride across the world a voice. They begin to cry. The watchmen cry. They lift up their voice and they begin to speak not under their own strength or their own eloquence, but under the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. How the world need to hear this voice. The bridegroom is coming. Go ye out to meet him. Verse 7 says, Then they all arose. Now everybody arose at this time. Can I tell you something? Even though they were awakened that the bridegroom was coming, five of them would miss the rapture. They understood that Jesus was coming. They knew there was the second coming of the Lord. They read the signs and understood the signs that were all around them. And even though they were awakened to that, they'd never give their lives to Jesus Christ. What a tragedy. To sit through meetings, to sit through Sunday school, to sit through gospel meetings, to sit through it all, and stubborn, with a stubborn heart reject the truth. And when Jesus comes, it's forever, forever too late. What a tragedy that people would sit under the gospel. Oil would be offered to them. Christ would be offered to them to come freely and receive the gift of salvation, to know what it is of your sins forgiven, to be washed in the blood, to go to heaven, and to reject it, and to be lost forever. There's a cry at the midnight hour. God give us a voice again. The foolish said unto the wise, Give us off your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Look what happens. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door, listen to these words. Listen to these words. If you have listened to nothing else, but listen to these words carefully this morning. And the door was shut. Listen. The door was shut. It's forever too late. You hear me this morning? I don't believe it's the day for playing games. Playing church, playing religion, playing around. Listen to me. The bridegroom is coming. There's a voice that's awakened. I believe this with everything. There's a voice. You know, even those last few weeks, some had sent me some messages of other preachers that were preaching around this world and the message that the Holy Ghost was giving them, brothers and sisters, not to say anything of me or anything else, but the Spirit of the Lord is speaking across this world concerning the days we are in. He's just finding vessels. They may not be eloquent. They not, may not be all that. They may not have it all together. Their grammar may not be great, and it may be great. That's fine if it is. But what he's looking for is a vessel whereby he's going to speak, and he's going to bring forth his voice. And that voice is a cry at that midnight hour. The bridegroom is coming. He is coming. There's a cry, there's a voice that comes. And that voice is essential to these days. Brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, challenge you, encourage you. Have you lost your voice? Have you lost your voice, the ability to speak the word of the Lord? 
the word of the Lord in the lives and the circumstances and the families and the lives and the homes, whether it's on the street or wherever it is, but have you lost your voice? Could I tell you something, God, more than ever before? No, God doesn't need any of us, but God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. And God is looking for vessels where he would anoint and give them back their voice in order that they'd speak into this world. In these last moments of time, the bridegroom's coming. You need to be ready. Have you lost your voice, saint? Christian, have you lost your voice? Have you lost your voice? Praise the Lord. He wants to give you back your voice. Under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to give you the word. Oh, but I'm not eloquent. Praise the Lord. You're ripe for it. But I don't have the confidence. Hallelujah. You don't need self-confidence. He's just looking for a vessel that says, Lord, Lord, I've been through the wilderness. But Lord, would you give me back my voice that I'd speak into this world the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. How we need a voice. How we need a voice. You're here this morning. I believe this. That God would give us again that anointing to speak with the voice that wakes the dead. That's the anointing. It wakes the dead. Do we need a voice in this hour? Brothers and sisters, let us seek the Lord for that voice together this morning. Let us seek that fresh anointing. God, give us a voice. Not to speak what the news are saying or what the world are saying, but what a voice, that voice that speaks in from the throne of God, what Jesus wants to say to this world. God, give us that voice, that our cry this morning. May we be that cry at the midnight hour. Let's stand together. We're going to pray this morning. Seek the Lord for that anointing afresh in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, this day. You're here this morning, saints. We just want to pray just that God would anoint this church. Give us that voice. Give us that anointing. We don't have it. It's good to acknowledge that, Lord. I don't have it. I've lost it. It's good to acknowledge if we've lost something. But oh, have you desired this morning that voice that God, that God wants to speak through your life? How this morning we need that anointing. That anointing to flow again from that head. That head is Jesus, but that Holy Ghost anointing to go into this world. We need to speak Christ into this crisis, not just what the news are saying or what the BBC are saying or what Fox News are saying or what the God. We need to speak what Jesus is saying in these days. Brothers and sisters, that makes us different to this world. We have this hope in our hearts. Jesus, this morning. If you need that anointing, that fresh anointing, I just wonder, I wonder could we this morning. As led sure that it stirred my own heart, you know, so many times over the years, especially in those early years, I tell you, we knew what it was to get down on our knees and seek the Lord, really wait on the Lord. We weren't afraid, we weren't too proud, you know, to bow down and say, Lord, we need you in these days. And maybe a bit of religion's got into us in some way, or maybe something's got into us, or maybe we just have forgotten what it's really all about. But, oh God, this morning... Lord, we ask, would you just give us the grace and the humility to get on our knees and say, we need an anointing. We need an anointing. We need an anointing to speak your word in this day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this morning.